Welcome everyone to Coaching This Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about the aspect of respect and fear. And respect and fear is going to be one of those things that you might think of, oh, respect, I'm going to be treated with respect and fear. I'm going to be brave and not be afraid to go off and get the respect that I want. Maybe it's going to be a little bit more intricate than that. And we are going to be diving into that in my most recent blog, Respect and Fear. But before that, if you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and to share the video and or audio to help like-minded individuals get the strongest mindset available to them. So let's look at that blog, Respect and Fear Now, and then let's learn about it a little bit more and then break that down. Respect and Fear is going to be dealing with the idea of something that's unpopular because this blog is unpolitically correct. This is not politically correct. It is going to be dealing with a red pill or a hard pill to swallow because this is going to be showing you exactly what's going on in our world and our society and then choosing to go down, I guess, a more aggressive route because in our society, especially today, we are told to not be as aggressive, to be a little bit more softer, more gentle, more understanding and more compassionate. But what that leads to is typically a dead end, especially when sometimes you need a forceful hand in order for someone to understand. Because I think sometimes we get into the mindset, oh, we have tomorrow, right? We always have tomorrow. We'll do tomorrow. We always think we have time. In the same turn, many people who are in this aspect of respect and fear, they think they have another opportunity. But the thing about always giving yourself another opportunity, another day, We'll come to the point where guess what? You're not going to have another day. You're not going to have another opportunity. You're not going to have another moment. So you have to start making actions now rather than later. And oftentimes there's going to be people who are not going to go down this path of respect and fear because they're going to say this, I don't need anyone else. I'm fine by myself. And I'm not saying that you're not, but typically just looking at our evolution of being human, humans have always collaborated together. They worked and they lived in a community and tribe-like aspect. Where do you think your grocery come from? The grocery store, right? But where did those groceries come from? Farmers, from people who bring the food there. You just don't go there and it's there magically. Someone did that. Someone made your life convenient. And I think we take that for granted. When we're looking at respect and fear, we're looking at different aspects of what society is in the sense of Do I need to be respectful of a person who might be in my life? Because it's easy for me to say, well, I don't need anyone. I don't need someone to go out and get my stuff. I can do it myself. That causes a mentality of, I don't need to show respect. And even authority figures. You see this quite often with police. Just recently, I think maybe a month or two ago, some police were ambushed in Connecticut. Now, I used to live in Connecticut, so I'm I'm familiar with the news. I still watch some of the news. They were ambushed. Why would someone go after someone who's trying to serve and protect the people? Authority. They don't respect it. And it's going rampant across our society, especially in the West. We are not respecting the authority. Now, the authority doesn't have to be the police or the government. It could be your relationship. You don't have respect in your relationship. Why? Why are we not having respect in our relationships, whether it be our friends, our partners, our family members? We don't respect them. And it's all because we forgot one aspect, fear. 
The fear aspect is not so much of, I'm not going to be your son anymore if you're going to talk down to me like that, or I'm going to give you a divorce if you're going to be talking to me this way. No, it's not that, because it's easy to threaten someone with something. So if someone wants to act in a certain manner, there's going to be consequences, but just because there's consequences doesn't mean that they're trying to give you an ultimatum. Now, there doesn't have to be an ultimatum in the sense of you're going to abandon ship if someone doesn't do right by you or they don't respect you. It doesn't have to go that far. But when we look at the aspect of respect and fear, we are going to be given an opportunity to see what's right in front of us on a basic and primal level. So when we're looking at, for example, a relationship, you might have a relationship with your parents, right? Your mom and your dad. If you are growing up, maybe you don't listen to your mom because mom's very soft and she's loving and she's caring and she's sweet and she's affectionate. And so mom says, stop fooling around and you keep on fooling around, right? You keep fooling around, keep fooling around. And then your mom whips out one of those, I'm going to tell your father. And then the kid's like, no, don't tell dad, don't tell dad. Why do you think that is? It's because the father is viewed as the fear aspect. Because he's typically bigger. He's typically stronger. And so the kid sees that as an obstacle. And I talk about this here with my own relationship with my father. My father was a huge guy. He was a construction worker. And for him, he was a scary man. You didn't want to cross him. Everyone knew that. Everyone in the block knew that. And I'm going to dive a little bit into that later. But the idea of respect and fear is that inlet understanding of if you don't have respect, then you're just going to have people walk over you or think that being disrespectful is okay. In reality, being disrespectful is not okay. And it's going to be causing issues in whatever world you're living in, your relationship, your family, your work. You don't want to be disrespected. But then at the same time, are you able to cause the fear or is fear going to be something that keeps you quiet? Because it's easy for a boss to disrespect you because you are too fearful to lose your job. You don't want to lose the money. So you remain quiet. What does that do to the mindset? It does a lot. This blog is going to be talking about the idea of respect and fear. And I'm going to be breaking that down right now of how we choose to have disrespect in our life so we don't have to worry about the fear aspect. So going back to the story of my father. So my father was a construction worker, big guy. He moved heavy machinery. And I remember one time I went to work with him. And it was like, I don't know how heavy this machine was, but I was like maybe 11. And I tried to move this machine. Didn't even budget an inch, not even a millimeter, to be honest. I couldn't move this machine at all. And so he just looked at me and kind of smiled and just pushed it. I was like, hmm, interesting, right? Now, I already respected my father from an early age, I knew he was a strong guy and everyone else knew he was a strong guy. So if you know anything about my life, I grew up in the hood. Several times, you know, in my life, we were burglarized when we weren't home. You know, typically someone would come in the house when we were gone and they would steal our stuff, our, all our TVs, all of our VCRs and Nintendos and, and everything in the house. And they would ransack everything and break things, right? I remember this was a constant. This was frequent. It would happen every couple of months. And it might be the same people. It might be different people. I don't necessarily know who did it. But what I can tell you is that when it stopped, it was when my father started to be in the home more because my dad was a bad boy. He went out and he wanted to do his own thing. 
And so my dad was out and, you know, in his gangs and hanging out with his friends and drinking, getting arrested, doing all the stuff he shouldn't have been doing when he should have been home with his family. But it wasn't until he says, okay, I'm going to, you know, stay with my family and help be with my family more and raise my family and be the father that I should be, right? When he started to do that, there was no more robberies, no more burglaries because he was there. And I remember one time someone had came into the back of the home and they started to go through his cans because my dad was big on returning cans. I think he still is. So he would be a recycler, but you get five cents for those cans. So he would go and he would get, you know, $60, you know, every time he returned all his cans and things like that. Now, I remember one day there was a homeless guy who came into the backyard and he let that homeless guy have it. He didn't hit him, but he definitely gave him a verbal beating. This is the grown ass man who he's putting in, in his place. Never saw that homeless guy again. I never saw anyone else come in that backyard, try to steal those man's cans. He wasn't having it. He made sure everyone in the neighborhood knew he wasn't going to have it. Not in his house. And even though we were dead center in the hood of all this violence, with all this trouble, everyone knew who he was. And even as I was growing up, I looked very similar to him. And if you look at the pictures of when he was a teenager in early 20s, I looked spitting image of him. So when his friends saw me from, you know, high school and bars and things like that, he was like, you know, they would come up to me and they'll say, excuse me, young man, um, by chance, you wouldn't be related to Marcus. I said, he's my father. He goes, you look just like him. And they go on, they say, he's a cool guy. He, you know, like, yeah, he was that guy. They will go on and praise him like he was some type of God. And I was just, you know, say, yep, yeah, I understand. And the idea of that stems from respect and fear. All those people who came up to me, all those people in the hood, all those people that he knew respected him to some degree, but they also feared him. Because again, my dad wasn't a good guy and he had showed them on several occasions that he was not to be messed with. So people knew his temperament. They knew who he was. They knew not to cross the line. In a sense, he instilled fear in them. He created that respect, of course, that cordial type of respect, especially between men. Typically, men just don't go out and start disrespecting other men because they understand it's going to be mortal combat at some point. So I'm going to respect this man to some degree because it's going to be an issue down the road. So why does a man have to instill fear into other people? That's just the way respect and fear works. Because if you respect someone, there's going to be some level of fear aspect that has to be there. And if it's not there, then you truly respect them. And I know all the people who are listening to this, yes, 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 that is true. You can have respect and then there not be fear there. How effective is that? And I can prove you wrong in every single situation. It has to be real world though. It can't be situational like what I, what I told you with my father. You might say you have a wonderful relationship, and then I would say, okay, well, who's the breadwinner, right? You might say, well, you know, the uh, wife's the breadwinner. Okay, cool. I might say, okay, well, are you afraid if she leaves? No. No, I'm not afraid if she leaves. Why? Right? Why? Because men don't care. How about the other way around? The man's the breadwinner. Are you afraid if he decides to up and leave? Ooh. No, I'm not. Why? Because our Western judicial system favors 
divorce when it comes to women coming out on top. Women are going to get alimony. They're going to get half of everything. They're going to get the house. They're going to get the kids. So they're taken care of. So they're not necessarily filled with fear. But if we look back in the 50s and the 60s, when right before the feminist movement and equality movement and women's rights movement, women would stay in a marriage regardless of how difficult it was. Why do you think now women will say, I don't need a man. I'm independent. I don't need a man. And it stems from that way of thinking. I don't need a man until I need a man. So I don't need a man until there's someone trying to break down my door and kill me. So now I need to call the cops. And typically cops are going to be the majority of men. I'm not saying that they're not women cops, but the majority of cops are men, right? It's just one of those work fields that are going to be dominated by men. Teachers, just going to be dominated by women. Nurses, dominated by women. There is nothing wrong with certain careers being dominated by the opposite sex. The issue stems in how we apply respect and fear. Now it's more difficult apply fear aspect if you're disrespected because it's looked down on or there's a fear aspect in there. I was saying earlier, if you have a job that you hate and you have a boss that you despise, you are going to stay in that job because that check feels comfortable. That check is going to make you complacent enough to be quiet and to allow that disrespect. And you might be in a relationship if you're a husband to allow the disrespect of your wife to you because you don't want to lose half your crap or you don't want to be alone. There are many different types of conversations that can happen there. But what would happen if you applied that respect and fear aspect? If you didn't care about what was the consequence, but you demanded respect, what would be the case? What would be the outcome? And the typical outcome is going to be that you are more satisfied with your skin that you are more satisfied with who you're becoming because you're understanding just how potent you are, that no matter what, regardless of what comes away that might be negative or a hardship, you know that you're going to come out on top as long as you're being true to yourself. But we're living in a world where we tell ourselves lies enough that they eventually become our truths. And those truths are not reality. There's some made-up fantasy that we give ourselves. So we will allow disrespect. We will allow someone to walk all over us for what? For a bit of peace, mind, or cordiality? There has to be a line. How do you know where that line is? It's important to understand that. It's difficult to say without knowing your situation where your line is because your line can be in a different place depending on your situation, depending on your mindset. If you find yourself maybe in the workplace and you don't like the job and you want to leave but you need a paycheck, you need to figure out an escape plan. If you're in a relationship where you're not getting the respect that you need and you're afraid to leave, why are you afraid to leave? Figure that out. Because if you're not afraid to leave, then that person that's doing wrong by you or to you, they're going to keep on doing it. And as much as we can say a person is going to change, mindset is hard to change. It takes years sometimes for mindset to change. And someone might be in that habitual yo-yo of changing their mindset. Oh, I want to do this. And then they start doing this. And then eventually they go back to this. It's hard for the brain to make changes and to adjust what type of mindset it needs. So you have to respect yourself first. Because if you can respect yourself first, no matter what someone else thinks, no matter what someone else would do, you can say, I'm putting myself first. 
Now, the next aspect is the fear aspect. Why should they respect you? Who are you? What do you bring to the table? Because if you bring nothing to the table, there's nothing to fear. And in many of our relationships today, many people don't bring things to the table. So if you don't bring anything to the table, then there's no fear aspect that you can enact into that situation. But if you can, what happens next is that you create a presence for yourself that everyone notices, everyone around you. It's like an aura almost, where if you're present, people understand, just like with my father. People knew when he was home. And even if he left, they knew he was around. So he created that presence, that aura, respect and fear. They respected him and they feared him. And it wasn't that they feared him enough to get rid of him. It's just that we're not going to go that way. It's just that we're not going to bother this house anymore. We're going to find an easy target. Why do you think there's a mass of school shooters? They look for easy targets. Why do you think people rob banks or rob people who don't have uh, the ability to protect themselves because they're easy targets. There's no fear there. They don't respect the people. But if there's going to be a community of people who understand that they will be respected and that they will instill fear into anyone who tries to cross them, then that's when something starts to happen. Then people start to realize maybe these are not easy targets anymore. And oftentimes, people think that people are just walking mats. I'm going to walk all over you. I'm going to use you until you're all up and done. But in reality, just because you're doing this to a person doesn't make you strong. I think sometimes people think strength is being superior. I'm on top. I'm telling you what to do. I'm the boss. But just because you think you're in a position of power doesn't mean you're powerful. The mind can... Do more than a heavy hand. So how you apply your power is also important because if I'm going to be a dictator and I'm going to be demanding respect, of course, I'm a dictator. In that process, all the people who are under me or in my country, they're going to be fearful of me. They're going to be careful what they say about me because maybe if they say something wrong, they're going to be maybe in front of a firing squad. Or maybe they lose privileges or something along those lines. I'm instilling fear in them. But is that power? Because power can be that you're a king and everyone in the kingdom respects you. But they also understand that there's an aspect that they have to fear. Because if you're the king and you're merciful, you can also be merciless. And if you're merciless, people are going to understand not to mess with this guy, not to mess with the king. So there is a push and pull that has to happen. Even in our relationships, even in our careers, we have to understand when we have to make it very aware, I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to allow any more disrespect in my life. And you will learn whether you stay or you go or you implode, it doesn't necessarily matter. All I know, I'm going to be good at the end of the day. And just like that king who knows he's going to be on that throne, just like my father knew he was going to be the same guy he was, and just how the man in the household knows he's going to have a stay-at-home wife and she's going to cook and clean and things like that, it's not about the power aspect, it's about the respect aspect. Do you respect them enough? Because it's not about love, it's about the respect. Because then there's that fear aspect of losing someone or losing a part of yourself, whether it be your life or your identity. There's many aspects to respect and fear. And in this blog, Respect and Fear, I go in depth to what respect and fear is, 
the definition of it, and then breaking it down into our modern society and our modern times, and then what needs to be done because the idea of respecting fear is helping you understand the true value rather than what people are led to believe. So in closing, you don't need violence or to instill fear into a community to make them respect you. Respect is typically earned. But there has to be an aspect of this guy is no joke. This guy means business. Don't cross him. And typically men know not to disrespect men. The problem is women today don't know how to respect men. You're going to be hearing about that more, if not already, on the podcast about me bringing on relationship coaches and talking about that aspect. Because respect is going to be one of those things in a relationship, whether it be for your career, your family, your partner, or yourself. If it's not present, you're going to find yourself in a tough mindset of stagnancy and of unwillingness to move. So you want to make sure that you have a strong mindset that's going to help propel you into better things, into a better life. Because if you don't have that type of mindset, what are you afraid of? My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, you can email me coachingacession at gmail.com. I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching A Session. Until then, everyone, take care.